You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Election College, episode 292. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, part one. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Ben, we haven't even talked about there being multiple parts to FDR, but can only surmise that we're not going to be able to summarize his life in one episode. I would tend to agree with that. So many things to talk about, but yeah, I don't, I don't think it can be overlooked that the guy wore a dress when he was a kid. I know, man. I tell you what, yeah, it's been a couple of years since that was pretty widespread on Facebook and uh, just looking at the picture, man, it's got everything wrong with it. I mean, if nothing else, he's got a mullet. Oh, that's the that's the most heinous part. Like, kids wear what their parents put them in, but I mean, you can tell your parents you don't like your mullet. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's he's responsible for that mullet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So way back in January of 1882, in Hyde Park, New York, James Roosevelt the first and his wife Sarah Ann Delano had a baby boy. Did you know that they were sixth cousins? Like, they're related. His parents were related. Yeah, I found that out while reading about uh, FDR. And it's so many, it's so crazy how many people in his life that he was close to, he was like distant cousins with. I tell you what, I keep these cousins away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there just seems to be a cousin theme going uh, on in the Roosevelt family uh, for decades, if not centuries. But, um, you know, uh, Franklin had a half-brother uh, named James. Uh, his nickname was Rosie. I can only imagine that it was because of Roosevelt, right? Uh, his dad was married before, uh, so James is actually his half-brother. And the Roosevelts were pretty rich. Uh, James Roosevelt I graduated from Harvard Law in 1851. Uh, but like all good Harvard Law students who are rich, you know, he decides he's eh, not going to really practice law. Uh, he's going to just kind of receive his inheritance from his grandfather. And, uh, you know, they, they knew people, they knew, um, Grover Cleveland. Um, Franklin actually was taken to meet president Cleveland in the white house uh, during his administration. And, um, his mom had a big role in his life actually his mom was there like almost all the way and uh we can get into that as we tell the story yeah so fdr's dad james was 54 when franklin was born which is you know 
even for then, kind of an older gentleman to to have a kid. And it was a second marriage and everything, so it's understandable. But uh, he was considered to be kind of distant to FDR. But as it turns out, he was probably more involved than, than we would think or than most fathers would have been in their son's lives at the time. And they would go to Europe and uh, stuff like that. And that's where FDR learned how to speak French, how to speak German. Um, he actually went to school in Germany when he was about nine years old. Uh, he learned a lot of the things that, well, first of all, rich kids, but especially kids who travel to Europe learn um, riding horses, playing polo, uh, rowing, shooting. Well, shooting was probably more um, widespread than it is now, of course, for kids to learn. But uh, he pretty much got all the trappings of life and even learned how to sail when he was 16 because uh, his dad gave him a boat to sail on <laughs> that's what you do when you give, you're given a boat right i guess i i would sail in it um yeah so roosevelt goes to the groton school which is an episcopal boarding school uh, there in massachusetts and its headmaster was endicott um depends on where you're from how to pronounce his last name, but probably Peabody, Peabody, if you're from Memphis, Peabody. Um, but uh, there's a famous hotel. That's the reason I say Memphis. But right. um, Endicott Peabody, he was all into the whole thing of it's the duty of Christians to help those who are less fortunate. And, hey, entering public service is a very uh, good thing. And as a Christian, you should do that. And... Franklin took heed to that. And um, Peabody had a pretty big influence on Franklin's life. Uh, as a matter of fact, he officiated his wedding and visited him in the White House. I hope that didn't spoil anything that FDR makes it to the White House. Later. Yeah, we're not going to tell you how, but he, he did make it there eventually. Yeah, lots of money got him there. Oh. Whoops. So anyway... <laughs> um. You go to the boarding school and, uh, you know, you end up at Harvard somehow. <laughs> and no, actually, uh, a lot of the uh, Groton um, students make it to Harvard. It's just kind of like a feeder school uh, for them, especially at that time. And Franklin was pretty average as a student. And uh, he said that he took economics uh, courses in college for four years and everything he taught was wrong. So that sounds like me in high school. I learned how to type. That's it. The, oh, that was it. Yeah. Wow. I think I learned how to type in elementary school, but we lived in different times. So. We are different. I mean, totally. Yeah. So FDR's dad <laughs> <laughs> passes away in 1900, which, of course, uh, causes him a great deal of sadness and distress. And the next year, another thing in the family happened. That's when Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy, or not Teddy, whatever you prefer. Don't call him Teddy. Don't call him Teddy. Man, people are still calling him Teddy all over the place. And like, don't you know he didn't like that? It's kind of disrespectful. I call him Teddy because I know people will understand who I'm talking about. Yeah, but no. Yeah. So he becomes the president and, you know, FDR really starts to look up even more to his cousin, uh, not Teddy. And wants to be just like him, wants to be, you know, he's a role model for him. So he graduates from Harvard in 1903, 
with um, a degree in history, and he goes to law school, like you know every future president should. But of course, but after he passes the the bar exam, he drops out in about 1907. Of course, yeah, of course, he ends up um, working for a firm in Wall Street, and well. We'll get to this, but he never really has a desire to, to do law, to practice law. He always kind of sees himself going into politics. And that's a good thing because, you know, he, he goes into politics. Yeah. Um, in the midst of all of this, in 1902, uh, Franklin says, hey, at the family reunion. <laughs> Not really. I don't think he's at the family reunion when he says hey. But he's like, hey, Eleanor, my fifth cousin once removed. Where that once removed falls in there. Makes a big difference. Somebody, it, it probably does make yeah. a big difference, so it's not so creepy. But, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, yeah, that's her maiden name, Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt Roosevelt. Uh, they start dating, and uh, they're writing each other, and by the time October 1904 rolls around, Franklin's like, let's do this thing, let's get married. And... Uh, Franklin's mom's like, ooh, no. No. That's my baby boy. That's my baby boy. I know. And uh, she didn't necessarily, um, it wasn't anything against Eleanor, um, but Sarah, who's Franklin's mom, um, you know, she's very possessive. And she's like, hey, he's too young, and I want to break this thing up. (laughs) And... Uh, Theodore Roosevelt says, no, I'm all for this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to stand in at the wedding for Eleanor's uh, father, who uh, was deceased at the time. Uh, Franklin and Eleanor, they moved to Springwood, uh, which is the family estate at Hyde Park. And all the while, Springwood is owned by Sarah. So you can imagine got to be kind of awkward for Eleanor. So I just want to make sure everybody gets the the gravity or, or the whimsy or whatever you want to you prefer it is of what just happened. FDR Franklin marries his like fifth cousin once removed who is Very also who is also the niece of his other cousin. Oh. They all share a name but none of them are close enough to be like like even now we would say if you married your fifth cousin once removed people would think it was weird but it wouldn't be a problem genetically or otherwise legally etc but still it's weird that not only is his uncle or i'm sorry his cousin her uncle but she's his cousin aside from that so hey ben i'd like to see the family tree i'm sure there's one out there that reminds me of when i went to get my marriage license like when my wife and i went this was like you know, almost 20 years ago. Uh-huh. And the only thing that they asked us at the county clerk's office was, how are you two related? And we just kind of looked at each other like, um, we're not. Maybe they were doing <laughs> it as a trick. They, they wanted you to say that. I, yeah, I guess so. But that's the only question they asked us. And they said, okay, that'd be 34 bucks. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> wow. Oh. So... FDR is, you know, he's quite comfy. We talked about how he was brought up in wealth and didn't really want for much. Eleanor is, she's also 
comes from a wealthy family, at least somewhat wealthy, but she doesn't really like that aspect of her life. Uh, she's more shy. She hates all the parties and the social life aspect. And really, she just wants to stay at home and be a good mom. And Franklin's like, great, no problem. You can be the mom. I'll let you do that. You can take care of our like five or six kids, six kids, I think. And uh, I'll go do the other stuff while you stay at home taking care of the kids. So that's the kind of relationship they had. Not real uh, close or intimate. I mean, they had six kids, but other than that, they were a little bit um, distant to each other. And we'll get into some other reasons why that may have been the case. Or, you know, maybe not so far in just a bit. Um, we're, get, we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but FDR, they hire a secretary for Eleanor. Um, kind of to handle the social calendar and stuff like that. Her name is Lucy Mercer. And Roosevelt, FDR, he starts having, you know, extramarital affairs with her, um, starts seeing her on the side. And, you know, Eleanor was not the biggest fan of intimacy, physical or otherwise, it seems. Um, not that that excuses anything, but it does help you understand perhaps a little more uh, FDR's actions, I guess you could say. So he is with someone who he's close to, who's around a lot, and in September of 1918, Eleanor finds all these letters between the two of them, and she brings it up, and there's a big blowout, and, you know, she d thinks that maybe she'll she'll leave him, um, or he thinks that he'll leave her, but Sarah, um, the mom, which, again, will We'll reserve comment on how much of a role the mom has in this uh, this whole life of his, but it's it's a big one. Says no, don't don't do that. I mean, th that's a bad idea, first of all. And besides, Lucy's not going to want to marry somebody who has five kids and is divorced. And so they stay married. Franklin and Elvor, El Eleanor uh, stay married, and Roosevelt's like, "Nah, I'll never see Lucy again. She won't be your aide anymore. Don't worry about it." Yeah, but that's not the case. I mean. They're corresponding with each other uh, all the time, even until, well, spoiler alert, until the day he dies. Um, you know, it's said that even uh, Franklin's son, Elliot, uh, claimed that his dad had a 20-year affair uh, with um, Missy Lahand. And uh, James, uh, their other son, said that, um, yep, that's a real possibility that, you know, his dad was intimate, re-involved um, with um, the crown princess Martha of Norway, who actually lived in the White House during part of World War II. And uh, even the aides, uh, presidential aides at that time said, yep, she's the president's girlfriend. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. Back to politics, That's which true. is a lot less controversial. <laughs> <laughs> can we get back to politics yeah please let's, let's <laughs> politics sounds really good at this point yeah so as i mentioned before uh fdr really doesn't have much of a taste for being a lawyer practicing law in general and really wants to get into politics and he is very much affiliated with the democratic party and in 1910, or for preparation in the 1910 elections, the Democratic Party is like, look, FDR, you've got to run for a seat in the New York State Assembly. 
and you know he's the cousin of teddy which don't call him teddy but i just call him teddy he's the cousin of the former president and people are going to know that name uh, they're going to know that he's associated with people who have been in power who weren't necessarily hated um and also the fact that he could he could pay for his own campaign his own promotion he was charismatic like all those things just made him like the perfect candidate possible for the democrats yeah and here you've got the president <laughs> being a roosevelt being a republican in a very republican area well there's this appeal because there's this democrat who is rich and can basically get himself elected <laughs> by by all intents and purposes and he wins uh the election uh, because let's face it when you got a republican in the presidency the democrats are going to do pretty well in the off year election in case you didn't know that <laughs> already um the state senate didn't really uh you know take too much of fdr's time because the sessions um uh, rarely lasted more than 10 weeks so um roosevelt was like ah this sounds like a full-time job and uh he uh goes and gets involved in activism and in 1911 he becomes the leader of a group of insurgents who oppose Tan Tammany Hall. Now, we've talked about Tammany Hall uh, before. Um, what you need to know is they dominate the Democratic Party in New York and are heavily influential all over the place. But in 1911, during the U.S. Senate election, Roosevelt says, you know what? I am going to oppose the Tammany-backed candidates. So because of all of the support, Tammany Hall is kind of in an awkward position because they're like, um, we're appeasing Roosevelt, but we don't like him because he doesn't like us. Um, what do we do? <laughs> and it gets really interesting in 1912 because Roosevelt and his money uh, go to support Woodrow Wilson. And Tammany Hall is like, oh, we don't like him. And you've got TR, uh, you know, Teddy, Theodore, leaving the Republican Party. You just got a whole lot of upheaval going on in that era. And by the time it's all said and done, Roosevelt gets reelected to his state Senate position. So after this happens, Roosevelt, you know, supports Wilson and he gets elected and everything like that. He ends up being appointed to the assistant secretary of the Navy in March of 1913. And, you know, it's a pretty high up position. And he's not really like got a lot of aspirations to be a part of the Navy, but he has a lifelong kind of respect for the Navy. Uh, he's really well read on it and just is enthused by the thought of it as well. And so he institutes some different things that are still around today, such as you know, merit-based promotion systems and, and stuff like that. Uh, but he also oversees the civilian employees uh, of the Navy 
And the unions are just like, wow, you're a really fair guy. You help us resolve all these issues and these disputes. Uh, we haven't had a single stinking strike uh, since you've been in office. So he really is well liked by the, the individuals he's overseeing. And he gets a lot of experience, you know, dealing with labor issues, with management of uh, uh, government during wartime, etc. So he is really well regarded. And he makes kind of a mistake there because at one point he says, you know what, I'm going to run for this seat. Um, there's this guy named Elihu Root, Elihu Root. I don't actually know. I've never known how to say that name. Um, he's a Republican senator from New York. And Roosevelt gets a few people to back him, some pretty important people. He gets, you know, good old McAdoo, uh, Governor Martin Glenn, etc., to to back him. But you got Tammany Hall on the other side there with James Girard. And uh, then, there's, then there's Wilson, President Wilson. He doesn't have his backing either. So needless to say, he loses that race and says, yeah, actually, I was, I was always just planning on refocusing my attention back onto the Navy Department. Uh, so I'm just going to get back to that now. Yeah. So to sum it all up, basically, locally, eh, he's kind of being outdone or outdid as we say in the South, but I'm not in the South right now. So outdone. And on the national level, though, he's starting to rise to prominence. And cliffhanger, (laughs) there's going to be an attempt to run for vice president in 1920. Kind of interesting, though, because there's a certain gentleman who we've talked about before very recently who's involved in the discussion. So we'll talk about that next week. While you're waiting in suspense, you can probably go over to our Facebook group. If you go to electioncollege.com slash group, you will be taken to us right there on Facebook. And um, if you're lucky, later this week, I'm planning on, I'm going out to a concert near uh, Akron. And I'm planning on stopping by McKinley's tomb, President McKinley's tomb. So I'll probably throw up a few pictures in there. I mean, I know you can look at them on like Google and stuff, but they'll be these ones will be from me, so they'll be cooler. Um, but I'm just taking a, a day trip to see a concert by myself. I'm pretty excited about that. But gonna you know, definitely stop by and do the history thing as well. So I'll post that and, in the group. And for those of you wondering if I've been to James Buchanan's house yet. Uh, no, but I drove past it again this week. I uh, thought of everyone. <laughs> wow. I think I'm Just... coming out to see you next week. I'm still not 100% certain. If I do, we're, we're going to go. We have to. Yeah, you're going to have to. But I keep on driving by it. And I've spent a good amount of time in Lancaster. And I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. You know, Thaddeus Stevens and um, just all kinds of crazy things and um not really doing anything about it because dude a brother's gotta work just so busy a cousin's gotta work i guess yeah but yeah so busy 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 but having a good time still in central pa nice i'm finding more people who are washing their hands (laughs) that is great news I've, i've been worried about that and i'm happy to hear it all is well no infections or uh, diseases being spread good good 
Hey, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next time with uh, part two of FDR. <laughs>